0: Apparently, I, there's a drinking game, a hype pod drinking game. Did you know that?
1: Really? <laughs> I don't I have <laughs> no idea about any of this.
0: Yeah, there's a drinking game, and uh, they you take a shot or drink whatever when you hear. I'm going to cut that out when Katrina says I'm going to cut that out of the podcast, or, I'll, or I'll edit that out. I
1: don't even think I've heard you say it once.
0: It's <laughs> it's like on the first three episodes,
1: <clears throat> and then there's
0: also one where if uh, if <clears throat> you say. What was it? Um, if you say, "Are we rolling?" Are we it rolling? Was, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Ah, and then, and then, um, Vance. If you say, "My team," there was something mm. about my team because we make you talk about you know overflow and everything. There you so go. When you say, it, "My team."
1: All right. All right. So there you go. So now if, I'm gonna be in my head. If I'm you think are, about are what I'm doing saying. the
0: drinking game, you're probably drunk now because I said it so many
1: times. I honestly don't even think about what I'm saying, guys. So I am not accountable for anything. just yeah. Top of dome we just going for it uncut yeah
0: well it's episode nine i'm excited we've got like almost a full season i think 10 is like a full season of um of any that's crazy podcast. Yeah. i think so that's yeah. awesome that's a milestone yeah so wow. pretty good getting some great feedback but um yeah how are you guys we started off casual. You doing good? She came off of a meeting. We mm. just came from the shooting range. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Oh,
2: it's fantastic. I mean, other than this
1: depressing weather in the Bay Area. Yeah. Uh I will say life is good. Yeah. Life is good. It's good. I think I'm well. I think since the last podcast where we're talking about I was at with Navy SEAL shooting. I've yeah. I've been You've shooting up. twice now. Yeah. Crazy. In one week. Like yeah. I've literally been. On the ranch, you formed a habit. You formed a I form, rhythm. I have formed a rhythm. It's a new. It's a new hobby. And
0: but you pick uh, up things really fast. Both of you do. Like it's. I not, pick
1: up things fast yeah. and I drop things fast. So, <laughs> so I don't know yeah. how long this is going to last. Is that r-
2: related to weight or is that? Oh, I that's, I wish. What, that's what I do. I love that. Pick it up fast,
1: lose yeah. it fast. That's try awesome. to. Yeah, it's, it's more with hobbies. I don't know.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I wanted to talk about what's been in the news this week with First Republic. Um, I think if we could break some of that down, um, that would be awesome. Uh, Well, not awesome. I don't know, depending on how it spins Mm. to get your take on that.
1: Depends if you bank with First Republic.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's right. And um, and maybe just the perspective around that. And then I know you sent something about AI creator. Look, I just like to
1: inbox, uh, particularly Vance. I like to just send him all the crazy (laughs) stuff that I see uh, about innovation, tech, AI, banks failing, startup stuff. And uh, we just have a little reaction uh, to, to what's going on in this crazy world. But <laughs> I think the thing that I sent him recently was uh, around AI yeah. and the, I think they call him the godfather or the grandfather, mm. one of the two right. of AI from Google who resigned based on moral reasons. Yeah. Wow. He just feels like AI is, I think as if I read it right, he, yeah. he feels AI is getting out of hand. And all the things we were talking about last week, about right. the, the stopgaps, the gates, the... The measures, the moral Mm -hmm. measures, the moral Mm -hmm. boundaries that they had originally built in have literally fallen to the wayside. No one's adhering to them. And now uh, we are all doomed for destruction.
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah. If I read it right, it's he resigned so that he could speak about it. Right. right? Yeah. 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 So what's your take? Do you agree? This is tinfoil hat time. Do we have a sound for that yet?
1: (laughs) No. Straight in. That's early. That was early in the podcast to go to tinfoil hat. (laughs) What do I think? What do I think? I I think, uh, you know, ultimately this is nothing to freak out about. That's my honest position. Yeah. Uh, Because what we see with AI is we're we're really seeing AI simply source what's available. Mm. AI is not creating net new. It's not a creation ability. It's a sourcing ability. So it can draw from things. I think what makes AI scary is when it takes – something as fact, but it's not fact, it's fiction. Right. So when it's collating something, right. it could be collating from a, a, a factual doctoral thing or it could be collating from a short story that's on the same subject and merging those two together so you get this mismatch of facts and fiction which ultimately puts you in a place of uh, what do we believe? And so it's, a, it's the easily misled person that's at most risk. Um, But we need to be able to be our own fact checkers, I think. Gone are the days where we can just blindly believe what's in the media or blindly believe what we see on the internet. And if you're still in that zone, wake up. (laughs) It's 2023. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we have to really have a healthy uh, gauge on what's real, what's not. So – I think AI is, is simply a step in the progress of what's in the future. I was listening to a conversation on quantum computing. That stuff's pretty crazy. Huh. Yeah. You know, when we're not even using, uh, we're not using data chips or silicon chips, we're, not using, we're using atoms in the way that computing works and the speed is like the next iteration uh, wow. in society. They were saying one of the quotes was that the Silicon Valley will be the rust belt of the future. wow what does that mean well because it goes from what we've got now what makes the silicon valley the most innovative place in the world is the silicon chip right you know and using the hardware and every ounce of software is built upon this yes right so what we're in we're in the software generation that's built on i i guess what we would even say now is the cutting edge technology of hardware but the next generation of hardware is quantum computing Mm. it's it's cells-based, it's atoms, it's molecular structures right. that is the computing drive. So it's, it's using atomic stuff, not uh, not like your chips and Silicon uh, Valley-based or Silicon chip-based yeah. hardware. So what that means is, okay, think about where the step was from what was before the Silicon chip. It was diodes and, and transistors, right? Yep. And then out of that generation came the silicon chip, you know, a, a huge milestone. We're huge. talking like gigantic speed of – and you think of our biggest supercomputer today, how fast that can do things and yeah. process things. It, they, they say that quantum computing is a million times faster. Wow. A million mm. times faster than the fastest thing we've got Jeez. right now. And so what you'll have then we should be very afraid of. And this is why you've got a race between China, Russia, Pakistan, uh, the US, whoever is – yeah, they're all trying to to pioneer in the space of quantum computing because they're not worried about AI. We're all sitting here like freaking out about AI. Oh, no, it knows my voice and that kind of stuff. Mm. Well, that's just collating things that are on the internet. Right. It's it's pulling from a, a limited source.
0: Right, the raw material. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what
1: they're saying with uh, quantum computing is – and this is just a quote that I heard – is that you actually start – uh, not drawing, let me give you an example, say medicine. Mm-hmm. You, you do chemistry, right? Mm-hmm. So you're drawing from what's available, resources, experiences. Sure. So a diagnosis is if you go to the MD, um, and I'm not talking down about any MDs here, but they don't know off the top of their dome what's wrong with you. They right. put all your symptoms in a computer. Sure. And the computer will run an algorithm based on all the patients in history that have had those symptoms, and it says it's most likely measles sure. or it's most likely this. hmm that's kind of what AI is doing. It's it's collating from the computer and resource at a really rapid race rate and pulling together a prognosis out of that. Yeah. What quantum uh, computing does is it will it's, – it's not requiring chemistry or based – it's actually mapping cells and it's creating its data real time because it is cell-based as well. Mm. And so what it's doing is it's actually – they even say that it will be able to do – they call it immortality but anti-aging. Mm. So – So what aging is, is a degradation of cells, correct? Right. Like as cells break down and there's different things. It might be a cancerous cell or it might be just an aged out cell. Your age is a degradation of your body. Yep. But if they can map what's aging your cells and counteract it, then they expand life. Live longer. What? Elongate life or (laughs) therefore potentially create immortality. The question is, (laughs) could they even reduce aging? I would love it. Those kinds of things.
0: Bring it on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> where do I find this now? <laughs> but totally.
1: I mean, so when you, when you, I mean, it's so easy to sit in our paradigm. I say all that because I'm not an expert on, on any of this, but you know, we can easily freak out about the current situation of AI. But when you think about what's to come, that the people in, even the, greater. in the know, yeah, you know, I'm not worried about AI. I'm worried about the quantum. I'm worried about the atomics. I'm, I'm, how, how does, how does our theology help inform how we contextualize that? Right. I mean,
2: just in the simple statement or understanding that God is sovereign you know, ultimately we believe that God is sovereign even over quantum computing, yes, (laughs) over AI. But how does that help shape our perspective so that
1: this can be productive and, you know, less of a stress of the problems around it? Yeah, I think you've got two tracks, right? You've got the traditional scientific track, which is the uh, Einstein... God genome thought, you know, how do I find the God theory and everything through a through an algorithm or a theoretical explanation and uh, that goes into consciousness and the meaning of everything and then we have got the spiritual side of it which doesn't factor into any of the scientific side of it. Mm. Scientific leaves out the spirit side of things. It's about consciousness. It's about awareness. It's about pulling a theory together in an algorithm to explain where we began and where we're going, right, right? Uh, where we understand on the spirit side of it, which is God's plan, that we are walking out a creation story. Yes, and so there are two parallel tracks that neither will actually cross over. They will run in conjunction with each other, but they never cross or intersect. Wow! Because you're building, you're building on a different plane. Interesting. So you're
2: saying that a lot of times people are trying to intersect the scientific and the spiritual track, or maybe they're not even mindful of the spiritual track or care about the
1: spiritual track, but you're actually saying they're always going to be in different planes. They're always going to be parallel, not intersecting. I believe it's always going to be, because it's unless you have an intersection point, right, where you lay down your theory and you go, uh, I've got to the end of that and I found it empty, and there are some things that I can't explain that I know is God, and you have that experience with God. That you can't deny then then that has to be the point of changing tracks wow and this is where i feel like a thought when we even look at in college like i'll speak to even people on my staff and because they grew up in you know universities and and those experiences where they were taught uh evolution the big bang theory mm-hmm. as fact yeah mm-hmm. that's been the track that they were on Mm -hmm. and now they've added faith to it but there's still holes in their faith because they're like well how do you explain big bang because for them they can't adopt the creation story of a loving god a creator who created man from the dust of the earth it's still centered in the big bang right and so to get from one track to the, to the other is difficult
2: yeah that's that's interesting to understand that there are different planes um i think that's a really great thought because even in talking about the sovereignty of God, you're not trying to fit God in our lived experience. Right. You're actually trying to contextualize our lived experience with the sovereignty of
0: His. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah.
2: Um, and that is a huge paradigm shift that I think can help you contextualize these really new... Te- I mean, you know, growing up, uh, we, millennials specifically, grew half grew up half analog, half digital, Mm -hmm. True, right? And so, you know, we've carried this tension for a little bit around not being super fearful of technology, maybe as much as maybe our parents or grandparents have been, right? And for a long time, it's been like, oh, the millennial generation, oh, we embrace technology, oh, we're cool. We know how to use the iPhone. We know how to use social media. We're not scared of it. We're going to leverage it. It's a tool, all those things. Now I'm seeing a lot of my millennial friends being now scared because it's kind of like, we were who our parents was, yeah. right? <laughs> yes. But it's happening not on a yearly basis. It's happening on a weekly basis sure. now. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. You know, we've never had to face off with that, I think, as a generation
1: until now, really, or the past few months. Well, you always made a point of resistance, right? Mm-hmm. I remember when I was uh, doing youth pastoring and I was also doing phone sales. Yeah. And this is right, I know it's going to show my age, but it was like the first iPhone that came to market. Right. And we got <laughs> no... Incentive for selling the iPhone because the iPhone technically sold itself. Mm-hmm. There it was this new thing, Absolutely. Uh, but we got commission on selling Blackberries. Remember the Blackberries? Yeah, we yeah. oh, had hat. one. Yeah, mm-hmm, I had one too. Yeah. And I found mm-hmm. the easiest way to sell the Blackberry back then was the fact that it had buttons.
0: Yeah, the QWERTY.
1: <laughs> because no one yeah. was ready to go to a phone that didn't have physical buttons mm-hmm. that you just tap the screen. Yeah, and uh, it was it became an easy sell. I'm like, yeah, there's no buttons. You won't find a button on there. I feel bad for those people that I sold to now, so I apologize because you missed out on the early season of the iPhone. Yeah. However, it was a resistance point.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, now that generation grew up without never having a phone with buttons. Yeah. And so what's the next resistant point when it goes beyond their familiarity?
2: Totally, totally. And that resistant point seems to be now understanding what the right use cases are for AI. Yeah.
0: Right?
2: That's and so the, the new engineer is going to be... The type of person that knows how to write prompts. Right. That's going to be the new engineer. Right. When AI can just code for you, mm-hmm. and you don't even have to understand the language mm-hmm. of a certain coding uh, specific language, and it can do that all for you, and you just have to prompt it. Mm-hmm. The point of resistance is that new mindset and that new framework you need to understand. But the exciting part of it is just like Instagram made everybody a photographer, mm-hmm. AI could make everybody a coder. Right. <laughs> Correct. So right. you don't even have to have a degree in computer science to build an app anymore. Yeah. yeah. Where this just breaks down even more barriers to build cool and new innovations that, you know, there was this uh, article um, not too long ago about somebody who had just started learning coding, you know, about a year ago. Um, and started really playing around with AI and in two hours built an application where he could show his camera on his laptop, yeah. like, um, a Diet Coke and the AI would recognize it as the Diet Coke, tell him all the, um, nutritional aspects wow. of that Diet Coke and things That's like that. something that would have been like a startup pitch a year and a half ago mm. as novel that would probably get like a $2 million
1: seed round. Yeah. He made in two hours. Two hours. <laughs> but I still feel AI, so fast. And, and, and I mean, we're, we're talking about the moralistic side of things. I, th- I still think AI is very much in the convenience realm. It's exactly. saving, it's saving time. Yeah, it, its primary function right now is it's saving time, it's saving manpower, it's saving staffing it's productivity. costs because mm-hmm. it's yeah. yeah, it's making efficiency, productivity. Mm-hmm. It's still in that that realm. What we're not uh, thinking fu- futuristically with is when we bring in things like uh, you know quantum computing. When we bring in uh, non-combustible engines, when we bring yeah. in magnetic technologies, mm-hmm. uh, these are the kinds. Of, these are some of the, even the theories that of ancient civilizations had. That Interesting. You know, when you look at Egypt, the pyramids, the pyramids, and you look at how were these, how were these gigantic granite, you know, eleven-ton granite things, precisely cut. With incredible. primitive tools, right. incredible that right. even with the tools we have today, we couldn't cut them that precisely nope. and move them. That there had to be some other technology that was being accessed or whatever. Um, and then we get into uh, you know, uh, I, I would say um, secret societies and their technologies. And uh, have we got the tinfoil hat still on? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's on. It's still on. We you know. we flow in and out of the <laughs> tinfoil on. hat yeah. like it's water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. But you know, it's like I think there are there are one of the point of resistance is what I'm saying is if we approach AI from hesitation and fear, right. uh, then we're actually not behind the AI ball. We're behind what's beyond AI ball. Yeah. Wow. You know, what's coming in the future.
0: Yeah. Yeah. To have a good optimism about it is good. But what what about from the church perspective? Like,
2: I was just going to ask I that. I was going to say. Yeah, that's good.
0: I think about how we, I mean, we had these conversations before about how the church tends to be late adopters of technology in general. Right, in past generations, like, is there something that needs to come through here from a I think church that's a broad,
1: perspective? I think that's a pretty broad statement.
0: I think, and I think it's an old statement. It's an
1: old statement. Yeah. Now I know why it's an old statement, okay, is because there was a lot of probably church leaders in the past that operated out of control. Mm. That I need to control people. Yeah. That's where you had in the past, you know, uh, you can't drink alcohol, you can't dance, you can't wear, you know, short sleeves or whatever the, and the thing was, yeah. is because. You had pastors over small communities uh, fearful of losing control, then yep. they won't be able to tell the people what to do. Um, and that was a very real state. And a lot of people were didn't want to be disobedient or be the outcast or whatever it was, so they adhered to it. But that was a distinct, I would say, subsect of church. You ought to think, I still go back to the church being the most progressive For in sure. many seasons, mm-hmm. one of the most progressive entities on the planet. You think about the uh, the the Catholic Church the early Catholic Church uh, even during like uh, dark ages those kinds of things they were the only ones with colorful windows
2: oh yeah yeah no one even just the way having their, windows
1: even the way that their building
2: um, was constructed right yes and the time of day that the light would hit certain parts of the building and the 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 north side you would walk in And you would get the whole picture of the gospel as you progress through these cathedrals based on how the light was hitting certain windows and things like that. They were leveraging light and technology and architecture and design. You know, that was one of the first. Even before um, the centralization of the church, you talk about the original decentralization. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) right. The, 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 The followers of the way. Right? That the way that whole movement got started wasn't mm-hmm. because of some sort of centralized command and control, right? It was because there was this decentralized movement Correct. of mm-hmm. people connected by the Holy Spirit,
0: Interesting. right? Yeah, Which is, it. you know,
2: blockchain's trying to replicate right now, the crypto is trying to replicate right now. Yeah. A lot of false starts to it, mm-hmm. but the Church
1: of Jesus Christ have been doing this for a couple thousand years. Exactly. So, so even where you see the churches, you go to, I mean, you go throughout Europe. And right, if, whether it's Milan, Rome, wherever, the center of the city is built around the church. Mm. It's, b- built around the yeah. it's built around the Duomo. built around the epicenter of culture and sure. society and religion. And what we find today is, sure there was probably a season where the church got boring uh, or non-progressive, but I think there is a reemergence to the church pioneering again, but having a fabric of, of morality woven into it.
2: Because so our focus is
1: on humans right. being better.
2: And, and that's what's so cool. I feel like, you know, our theology informs us this, that ultimately all of this technology is sovereign under God. But because of our the- theology, we also understand that there needs to be a redemptive th- force. Yeah.
0: Yeah. To everything
2: that's introduced in this world, yeah. right, and that is one of the purposes of the faith community. That's mm-hmm. one of the purposes of the church community. That's one of the purposes of the bride of Christ. Is that ultimately everything is under God? yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Even the rocks will cry out. All that you know. We understand that ultimately everything under the sun is under God, but not everything is currently um, uh, redeemed. Right, yeah. Right. right. And and that's the cool partnership that we have. Yeah. Is that we're in these places and spaces to understand and try to figure out and partner with God of how to bring a redeeming, beautiful power yeah. to it. Would right. you guys
0: talk about that a little bit more? Because I I feel like some of the conversations I've been having are around how compartmentalized people think about their work, even if it's in technology and innovation, and then their faith and how they build the church. And so, so I feel if we can bridge this even in the conversation around the redemptive quality of building the church, whether it's with technology or not. I wonder if you can bridge the gap so that there can be a, a freedom-type conversation around this. Because yeah, I guess what I'm hearing is that you don't have to build technology for the church specifically and how the church moves. No. But maybe we need... You know what I, Do you get what I'm getting at? I wonder sure. if we can bridge that and talk a little bit more about what does that redemptive quality mean? What is it? Yeah,
2: I mean... <sighs> I'm still trying to grow in this and my understanding of this, where I lean towards right now is just trying to understand what our inheritance is, what our authority is, what our power mm. actually is as, as believers. Right. Cause ultimately, you know, when I look at a space such as technology, I think for at least the past decade, I've been in this space. It's always been relenting maybe our authority and maybe the, insight the holy spirit wants to give us to other people to other leaders right right and so you can't even name right now um, uh, a leader in innovation and technology that has kingdom principles hmm. i don't know if we can even really name one or let's even just say three or four mm-hmm. <laughs> right yeah yeah um we immediately go to bezos musk zuckerberg Right. et cetera, Right. Um, and that's just our model and mm-hmm. everybody's just gonna, you know, uh, submit to that and be inspired by that and, you know, elevate that. Right. Um, and then we're just going to co-opt with that. We're just going to say, let's yeah. just use, you know, their tools. Let's just align to their creations, um, and things like that. Right. And yeah. so I do think it's, You know, part of it is going to be this rising up of kingdom minded people to really um, seize their uh, authority, their, um, you know, God given insight Hmm. and power, empowered by the Holy Spirit and actually get to work. Right. Actually start building things, actually start creating things, actually being unapologetic of. You know, the
1: ways in which we want to see the next wave of innovation. I agree with Vance. I th- I fully believe that you gotta separate what's the church and what's the kingdom. Yeah. So not everyone can work in the church.
0: Right. Okay. Right, yeah.
1: But everyone can be kingdom minded and everyone could be building for the kingdom. That's what we should be doing. I actually tell my staff this all the time that you're here because you're the smartest. Mm. Uh, we, we don't we don't hire the available, great, we great hire language. The, the best. And because I believe that the kingdom deserves the best, the mm-hmm. best. Uh, and most talented and highest capacity people should be first for the king.
0: Mm-hmm. If
1: you look at any civilization, the king would take, you even look at um, you know Dan- Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, th- these these were selected men because of their, their intelligence mm. and their beauty, their appearance. Everything about them was stunning and so they were selected to serve in the king's mm. temple or mm-hmm. what, what do you call it, the, the palace, right? And yeah, we have a king. And so our best should be serving the king and then those that can't cut it should be working outside of the kingdom. And, and that's kind of what I put in my staff because I want them to think like kingdom operators, excel, drive, build. And I think that whether we work in the church setting, whether you're a founder, an entrepreneur, or just a very intellectual uh, leader in, in some technology space, a big portion of what you build and do should be, how does this benefit the kingdom? I love that. You know, one simple example, right? Uh,
2: Pastor Adam, you're one of the first pastors I saw um, hire a CTO for the church. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Like somebody that is going to move things forward technologically for the church. And that's spun out into different products and companies and ideas at this point. But check this out. If you go to 99% of churches in America, they don't even have one software engineer. Mm-hmm. Right. Guarantee you. Hmm. Right. And so that's the example of in the church. But what I'm saying is it's a mindset. Yeah. Correct. It's a yeah. mindset to reclaim our authority and technology. So mm-hmm. when we were th- talking about the cathedrals and architecture in that day, that was the technology.
0: That was the technology. Yeah. Right. You that's talk about
2: really the proliferation of the Gutenberg press. Right. Well, put that on the Bible. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so it's always been um, in these tectonic shifts in the kingdom enabled through technological innovation. Right. Right. And we, we've always had that authority. God's always breathed his spirit on those innovators. And we just got to reclaim that authority for our day. I yeah. totally agree.
0: Okay. I've got another question for you just on this same topic. I wanted to talk about First Republic, but we're going to talk about <laughs> since yeah, we, We're here. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> but. Can I ask you, when it comes to building that, right? So whether that's in the church or in the kingdom outside of church operations, what's your take on working with other Christians? You know, because I've I've had interesting conversations over the last like season. That's a good question. You know what I mean? And um, I think about w- where's your stance on that. Like, should should you work with other Christians? How do you work with other Christians? Is that a way to build the kingdom? If you you know what I mean? Um, specify that you want to work with Christians because it's building the kingdom, so to say. But like, I'd yeah. love to see how you take that.
1: I mean, I honestly am a big proponent for building the Christian community. Yeah. I'm a big fo- I've am big. i got a big focus. I mean, I see what we have today. Uh, if we could take the Jewish community as an example. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It is a beautiful example of how the Jewish community is so influential today and so financial today. Yeah. Basically principles being that Jewish people work with Jewish people. Mm-hmm. Yep. You have a Jewish barber, you have a Jewish butcher, you have a Jewish accountant, mm-hmm. you have a Jewish doctor, and so you have you go to a Jewish supermarket, you go to synagogue to do business. Like there, the community is very tight-knit, but that's what's also fortified the Jews amongst so much external opposition sure. over generations. And yeah. it's the external opposition that has fortified them to work within that small confined community. Even if that accountant and that butcher is more expensive, the basis is they're Jewish. Yeah. So we're going to do it. I think what we have lost within the Christian community is, um, well, let's, let's forego that. Maybe we haven't used opposition well enough. Right. Uh, to fortify us wow. and to build and yeah. to bring people what in. But insight. we're going to work with Christian. There was this season in the 80s uh, where you would, if you were looking for an electrician, yeah. you wanted to see, did they have the Christian fish logo? Fish yeah. On the truck. And it was like, yeah. okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously that got abused and it was probably, you know, mislabeled or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but those kinds of things did exist.
0: Right.
1: So – What I do believe is I do believe that we are meant to build with believers. If we're kingdom-minded. So good. How can I help advance a kingdom-minded business? Yeah. Um, And that does not just mean that there's a kingdom person in there. Right. But is the business oriented towards building – and bettering the kingdom of God, and that can look very diverse.
2: Yeah,
1: I, I love that you said that. I mean, the Bible says that they will see Christ through our
2: love for one another, mm-hmm. right? And I think sometimes we're so flowery about what that means for love for one another. Right? We're like it's a pat in the back. Correct. Yeah. I don't want a pat in the back. I want partnership. Yes. Right. <laughs> right. Like, I want to. I want to build something together. That's how you can show that you love me and I love you. Is that you know in. I love the Jewish example. 2% of the population, the Jewish community, yeah. owns 40% of the world's wealth. Crazy! Jeez. The yeah. power of that culture yes, yeah. that had been established. I think another thing that might be potentially working against us that, you know, great churches like Vive, I believe, is going to help lead the way yeah. in reestablishing is even just honestly the definition of a Christian.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
2: that that Christian fish logo used to mean something specific. Yeah. Right. Used to mean a value system. Mm-hmm. And because mm-hmm. of just a lot of different influences um, within the Christian community, I feel like it's getting a lot grayer of what that definition of even a Christian means. Right. And so that reestablishment
1: of orthodoxy. In just the basics yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: of what it means to be called yeah. out, I think it's a hard one to define because I thought I think we saw Hollywood uh, dilute mm. what was exactly. Christian, you know, because you would have somebody who was doing some pretty wild movies and films and with yep. nudity in there and right. all kinds of things, and yeah. they'd get their Academy Award and they'd say, "Hey, I'd like to thank God," right. you know, and you're like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> You I'm seeing? Watered, I'm seeing a yeah. conflict here. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the days where like, I just
2: remember growing up, my parents, I mean, they raised me right. And it was kind of like any like, you know, suggestion of something risque. It's like, we're fast forwarding it right away, yep. you know, all that type of stuff. And just generally there's a looseness around that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: No. Yeah. Right. And, and that's just a microcosm of what I'm saying of like, Hey, like re-reestablishing yeah you know what are the, our core values mm-hmm. getting back to the foundations of what is a christian and not even just in kind of you know the the holiness or righteousness aspect of it but even in terms of our first principles what does generosity look like yeah. <laughs> right yeah. some of those aspirational parts of what it means to be flourishing yeah as a human being and a lot of that being based on what christ and the bible has taught us yeah. yes right? and i think
1: what we're seeing if, if I make this connection, uh, even with First Republic, with uh, the banks that are failing, is they weren't built on kingdom principles. There you go. Mm. Anything that's not built on kingdom principles yeah, is always doomed to failure. But mm. if there were institutions that were built on kingdom principles yeah. where people weren't, Uh, necessarily overspending money and taking the risks that didn't align with the kingdom values of honouring the investors and the depositors and those kinds of things, Yeah. then actually we would have a a kingdom-minded, say, institution around, Mm -hmm. um, let's say, okay, so when when you bank with a a bank, where your money goes, you don't get to say. So you could be actually your dollars, if we even tracked it that way, that the bank is using to invest in a – uh, a gambling house or something like that, you don't get to say. Yep. Okay, and so that's not going to add favor on that business, right? We know kingdom favor. Mm-hmm. But if we had kingdom institutions, financial institutions, that were like, we're not going to use any of the funds. We're still going to invest because that's actually how you build an institution, but we're not going to invest in anything that goes against this moral guideline, this kingdom principle. Right. And uh, therefore, it actually brings a blessing of heaven on it. Yeah. But at the same time, it brings a stability to know we're not going to over-leverage because of greed. Right. And greed is at the center oh of these goodness. bank collapses. Mm. Do not make one mistake. It is greed. It was pushing the envelope. How much of our liquidity could we could we invest and how much could yep. we just push it to the to the end right. which overexposed the banks mm-hmm. and then they crumbled at the wrong time. Mm. And it's greed at the center of it. Every crypto ponzi scheme, yes. every overleveraged bank
2: institution, right? These systems um, you know people are putting their safety in these systems and these policies, and people are not realizing that these policies are being bent. These systems are being corrupted mm-hmm. because of greed. Right. right, <laughs> right? And, and, and that's the point. I mean, um, 80% of the Fortune 500 companies uh, in the last 30 years have turned over.
0: Jeez. What, was the, the, what did the you say? What percentage? 80%. 80%. And the the
2: the, the Church Jeez. of Jesus Christ is still here 2,000 years yeah. later. Hey, uh, I mean, yeah. the church is undefeated. For sure. What I'm saying is that there are timeless principles, Yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have to understand the game that you're in. If you're building um, a C corporation in America, um, in the technology field, you got to understand the system and the game that you're in. And you have to understand how to leverage that and how to play within that especially if you're talking about legal and regulatory things yeah um but in saying that if you want the favor of god on it yes. <laughs> right if you right. want things that are timeless beyond the game that you're playing in that system
1: mm-hmm.
2: you can only get that from the bible
1: yeah yes that's why you i mean you guys have heard me say this before that the church is the only eternal element on the earth yeah Everything else as an Mm. organism has a lifespan. Every company has a lifespan. Every uh, hobby, everything has a lifespan. Even you think about Apple, which you think is like so, so. I mean, they're they're always recreating, they're innovating. Lifespan. But they still have a lifespan (laughs) because this technology will be redundant one day. And uh, Maybe it's a 100-year lifespan. Maybe it's 150, but there's a lifespan. But the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, it's the one thing that will remain. And so what we are building needs to take precedence, not just now, but forever. Yeah. So when it comes back to the kingdom, do we think we have to build kingdom-minded communities? Yes.
0: Yeah. And
2: I think this perspective, this eternal perspective, mm. this confidence actually allows us to now approach topics like AI, not like it's all big, bad, and scary, Correct. but like, oh, cool. This is just another blip in history. Yes. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Right? This is a, just another chapter in God's history book of, oh, I wonder how he's going to use this yeah. for his glory, That's great. right? All those ministers that were so scared of Instagram, right? Yeah. Um, that were so scared of whatever <laughs> that new technology was. So scared of recurring giving online, you know, whatever that was. Like now we can see in hindsight, oh, cool. Like there was definitely negative parts to it, but God also used it. Right? God used it in yes. a big way.
1: I mean, you mentioned, I think, I don't know where we were We're talking about this, where uh, I think maybe it was a, a Q&A or something. My, my mind can't remember, but... Someone asked me what is what needs to be innovated, and I said air travel. Air mm-hmm. travel yep. is wide open for innovation. Yeah, yeah. Because when you look at like Pan Am back in the 1950s, we haven't come that far hmm. in air travel. I mean, sure, the seats might be a little comfier, and the food that we're serving is a little bit better, and we're not smoking cigarettes on the plane. Oh okay? my god! Yeah. So that's, remember that. That's great. <laughs> oh my god! Right, so but <laughs> but the form of travel we haven't really bridge the gap on getting there faster, maybe slightly. True. It's still you're queuing up and you're like like, but we know that there is technology that is out there mm. for that is way beyond yeah. what we've got right now. Oh, yeah. So the gap isn't uh, in my mind, the gap isn't what's available. It's in how society adapts to it, the rate of societal adaptation. Right.
2: Such a good point because um, I was going in for a checkup this morning at the hospital, and I needed to get directed uh, to kind of what room I needed to check into and stuff like that. And the nurse, is bringing, you know, uh, my data up on the computer. And it's like MS-DOS. Yeah. It's like the green- green,
0: (laughs) Looking for the turtle. Like
2: blinking thing. (laughs) And it's like only her knows how to use this computer. I'm just like, there's no way I would be- Yeah, I was like, there's no way I'm jumping on this computer and figuring stuff out. Like only her. Maybe that's the security measure. (laughs) That's right, right. That's right. And so I love what you're saying. It's like sometimes- it's not even a technology issue. It's a distribution issue. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. like, you know, we've had better user experiences, technologies, database, relational databases, cloud computing, software, uh, things like that available to the hospital system, education system, because there aren't leaders to bring in the distribution into these industries. Yeah. They don't even take advantage of it. We're like still 20 years behind
1: in that industry. I don't know if you saw this <laughs> Coinbase have an epic advert out right now. Mm. I was watching it during the finals last night. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Coinbase had this this advertisement where they just put you in the pain of how payment processing used to be. Right. Yeah. It was like oh, someone writing a check and they're tr- going to the trouble of writing the check and going to post the check and they're in the rain and they're trying to put it in a physical <laughs> yes. mailbox. And then they've yeah. got someone at the bank and they go to the teller and the bank Teller puts next window, please. And all the how hard this is. And then this, this contract, he's on the phone. He's like, I sent the check five days ago. And they're like, well, it's a bank holiday sir." And he's out there, he's like, a holiday from what? You know, yeah. and it's like, it shouldn't be this hard. And everyone says the same narrative. It shouldn't be this hard. And then Coinbase, so their whole smart. thing was, it's not that hard. So you know? smart. And then it was just <laughs> a brilliant so ad. But, you know, they're obviously revealing how far we've come mm-hmm. to everything could be seamless.
2: I love that. <laughs> It doesn't have to be that hard. Right. I mean, you've said this yeah. in in church planning, right? Everybody for the Bay Area, like when we first were starting the church, everybody's like, it's gonna be hard. It's right. gonna be hard. It's right. gonna be hard. You you have to actually arrest the language in yes. our community. You're like, it's only hard if you say it's gonna be hard. Right. right. <laughs> Just yeah. stop saying it's gonna be hard. Yeah. Um and that brings an empowerment. And so so this is so cool because when you're thinking about, if you're listening to this and you're thinking about, oh, how do I be part of this innovation wave? Right. How do I be a part of extending the kingdom, extending even just simple technology in the places and spaces that I'm in? It's a mindset shift.
0: Right. Yes. Stop
2: thinking it's so hard. Yeah. <laughs> stop thinking that you can't play a part. Stop thinking that you can't
1: be part of the change. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a mindset shift and a matter of focus. Yes. So I know this. I can pastor my church two ways. I can pastor and preach to the people I'm annoyed with. Yes. Yeah. All the people I'm proud of. Mm. Yeah. Now,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Now both exist. Yeah. And if you're in my church and you're listening, find out which category you're in. <laughs> <laughs> but I could Aww. easily just get annoyed with all the people that turn up late. Yeah. And I could be like, hey, we need to prioritize God here. Right. We need, to, we need to honor each other. And I could be preaching to the wrong people. Right. But instead, I can speak to those who turned up early and I can say, I'm so glad, church, that we come ready, mm-hmm. that we come carrying an expectation. Mm. and w- Or I can say, hey, church, we are a generous church. I'm not speaking to the ones who aren't giving a cent. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking to the ones who are pioneering with generosity. Yep. And because what I'm focusing on and what I'm speaking to, I'm setting a target of what everyone goes, oh, that's what we're meant to be like. Mm-hmm. That's what pastor is prioritizing. That's the culture here. Yeah. So I'm going to adapt into that culture. If I approach AI from oh, it's really scary or, or whatever the technology season is.
0: Yeah.
1: My focus is going to be hesitation. And I don't need to love all of it, but what is it that I can actually focus on and go, I'm going to build with that? Yeah. See, I love this because something that I've been sensing
2: uh, when it comes even to politics, right, is one of the main issues is actually national identity. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, even what you're saying is you can't build anything with negativity. Nope. Right. And everything that's been politicized is typically 99% of the time negative. Yes. And that's yeah. why. America is not even being seen right now as a place right. of building mm-hmm. because everything's about tearing down. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I just remember growing up, what happened to like, proud to be an American. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. what happened to that like patriotism yeah. of innovation and building and being at the forefront on the frontier, you know, this free society, this democracy? A lot of that is actually built on biblical principles. Sure. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, freedom. That's, that's, I mean, the Bible reigns in freedom. Yeah. Um, And so that's the thing. It's like, you know, this this shift yeah. in mindset and couple that with focus is like, hey, what do we want to focus on? Yeah, There's a lot of things we could focus on. Do, sure. you,
0: do you think it's because it's so much of a freedom of choice because you are talking about church culture and I almost feel like if I bring it back a little bit to our conversation about Christian community it's there's there's the sensibility that you can choose what culture you're a part of like even the Christian a Christian church's culture and I wonder if that's part of the mindset that you you know is the resistance there because it's if it's kingdom culture shouldn't it just be our culture like it Christianity should be an archipelago, right? Mm-hmm. Of people all over the world. Sure. a big That are word. part of a culture. Yeah, I know it. Well, yes. <laughs> I can't spell it though. Yes. But but yeah. Do you know what I mean? So is that is that a mindset? Do you feel like it's because we assume it's something that you can choose to be a part of or that culture you know what I mean? Because you're talking about Jewish community, Jewish businesses. It seems like it's such a it's a culture. Well, I, you respect a culture.
2: Yeah, you know? I, I have a take. I, I love to hear a response to this, Pastor Adam. I feel like going back to that command and control mentality, mm. if we have an approach of subjugation, mm. right? Like yeah. we need to subjugate this government. We need to subjugate this industry, things like that. I don't know. That, that seems to be met with um, incredible resistance, mm. but the Bible talks about how we're salt, right? And so is the approach more of a, um, of, a, of a conviction and such an identity in Christ and who we are and the foundations that we have that it's so potent, the flavoring
1: is so potent in yeah. society that that's what influences it? hundred percent. You see, I think in that command and control era of church, it was a uh, – Christians went weird. Hmm.
0: There like, you go. Like
1: Christians went so weird that <laughs> yeah. we majored on minors.
0: We, right. we majored
1: on um, the consuming of alcohol. Yep. Yeah. We, we majored on uh, PG-rated well, films. cartoons not
0: to watch. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I can <laughs> see the danger in still doing that. Yeah. But when I see with – Kingdom operates like Daniel, mm-hmm. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. These guys in the Bible, they were in a in Babylon. They were in a foreign country, Yep. and for most intents and purposes, they were in a society. Yep. Yeah. They were going along with the societal culture that was completely foreign to what they were with, except when it was crossed a boundary.
0: Right mm. when for yeah. them it crossed a boundary That's awesome. when yeah. it was
1: so bowing point. to a god. Mm-hmm. They said, "No line wow. stops here." Yeah there was a line that they said it's not going to stop because this is kingdom. Yeah. This is who we are. Yeah, I think we need to major on the majors. We need to fight the battles yeah. wow. that actually establish kingdom culture instead of picking the wrong battles. Exactly, and
0: yeah.
1: Watering down our effectiveness. That's yeah. a word. I like
0: that. I'm going to pull it up here because I think we're at time, but I think that's a great point to to kind of pull it up on. Kingdom culture, knowing the boundaries, I think defining what Christianity is. would be good. I'd, I'd love to hear... If you're listening to this and you have any questions or feedback, so what is the feedback you,
1: loop for Hype Podcasts? Yeah, you
0: can email us at podcast at hypenetwork.org. If you're following us on Instagram, you can DM us. Um, if you know us and you see us on Sunday, yeah, because <laughs> we're a part chat of our Church, just aunt. let <laughs> us know. Chat, yeah. chat to
2: me. We know. Um, what I'll say is that if you made it to the end here and you have been dabbling in technology, you've been dabbling in AI, you have a passion to want to learn, get connected to this community. I know, Katrina, you're going to be planning um, meetups and different gatherings, and we're heading into Amen Conference where we're going to have a big hype house. And basically anybody that's part of this community is going to come together all in one place. It's going to be potent. And I would say that if you're just kind of – Dabbling in this place And you want to go deeper Be part of this community Because we want to enable it We want to give it A lot of permission And we want to create One of the most catalytic Innovative communities This world has ever seen
1: for the glory of God. Absolutely. We should also put little Easter eggs in these uh, hype yeah. pods, you know, mm. so that if someone, you said, does make it this far, there's like a little text code or some, hey. something, oh. a little reward. Yeah. And we just spice it somewhere in the hype. I like that. I love it. So that they're like, I, I listened all the way through.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. It's a little gift for put, you. Put that
1: in your outro or something. There you go.
0: Okay. All right. We'll come up with something. Great. Yeah, all right. We're excited to see you guys at Amen Conference. It's June twenty first through twenty third. Yes, we've got a lot of exciting things, as you said, Vance, at the Hype House. Some sessions we're going to be talking about lots of things: future of money, AI, disruptive innovation. If you miss Amen
1: Conference, you're going to have FOMO pretty much for the rest of eternity. Yeah, and if you're coming from, if
0: If you're coming from out of town, we've got a setup for you, co working in the Hype House. So stay tuned. There's going to be more about that coming up soon. Let's go. Yeah, Amen. Nice, nice ending. So if you made it to the end, thank you and congratulations. But listen, I want to let you know that one of the biggest things that the Hype Network gets to be a part of is Amen Conference at Vive Church. It's happening on June 21 through 23 in this year. We've got amazing speakers on the main stage, including Mark Francie from Ocean's Church, Rich Wilkerson from Blue Church, and our very own Pastor Adam Smallcom here from Vive Church. So Hype Network, do not wait. While they're still available, you got to go get your tickets and just add on the Hype Track at no extra cost to access the symposium of events happening all around the hype network. Now this includes hype sessions, discussions with industry experts, networking events, meetups, access to the hype house, co-working spaces, and more. So again, go to amnconference.com. The link is in the show notes. Get your tickets right away. As always, if you love this podcast, leave us a great rating and subscribe wherever you stream your audio content. See you soon.